Grant, Christmas we're talking about, hemp seed. We have something special this morning. Uh, Amen. We've been trying for about uh, two years now to get this group over here to play, and we finally uh, got Russ all guys and that so we can, we can get him in. Uh, Busy schedule. I don't know what uh, what name we're going to give this, uh, this trio, but... Uh, Russ suggested no name trio, so that's close enough. Russ Embry, my neighbor across the street, Angie White, our neighbor somewhere in town, and our own pet squirrel, Jeannie Cartwright, are here to bring us uh, a mini concert, an extended message, and song. Call it what you want to. Guys, have fun. Amen. Well, <laughs> Couldn't slow you down long enough to talk to you. time to play that out together, so sorry to put you through that. That was good.
And we'll close with Silent Night. All right. Well, it was worth waiting two years. <laughs> oh, fine job. We really appreciate that. And appreciate you, Russ and girls. For... Very good. Yeah. Mitch, turn that mic off, would you please? Thanks, sir. Now you can amen all you want to. Oh, well, let's continue to praise the Lord this morning by uh, turning to number 208. It's still Christmas, and we're going to continue to have Christmas all year long, a little bit anyway. I heard the bells on Christmas Day. Let's stand and sing.
Brother Mitch, will you lead us in prayer, please? Sure. Our Father in God, thank you. Lord, all glory is due to you. And we cannot thank you enough. You came to walk among us, to be one of us, to feel our pain, to go through everything in this life that we go through, and even more. And yet, without sin. And then you died, the perfect Lamb of God, the sacrifice that takes away the sin of the world. Thank you. Thank you. Lord, bless this service this morning. Have your way in every heart and every mind. In Jesus' name. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. may be seated. Our communion hymn this morning number 259 here oh my lord I see thee face to face
entitled the reading this morning is, What Do We Deserve? Why would an intelligent, kind-hearted woman marry three abusive, alcoholic men in the course of her lifetime? Why would a generous, hard-working man end up in one of disastrous business arrangements after another during his career? There are several possible answers to these questions, but many times people gratitude toward unhealthy partnerships because it's some unconscious level they feel that this is what they deserve. Why would one continue to sabotage his or her life unless there was some sense of deserving punishment? Numerous behaviors from eating disorders to suicides has this uh, common of self-destruction shame. In fact, we may all wonder how many human sufferings would be attributed to our attempts to be judge, jury, and executioner toward ourselves. Certainly the Bible teaches that sin has a consequence and that all of us have sinned and fallen short of the mark of holiness. However, it is interesting we take a deeper look at, at Christ's ministry at one of his goals is to remove our shame. Isaiah 61, 7 says, Instead of the, their shame, my people receive a double portion, and instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. The, this, general scripture, uh, this general section of scripture is the one that Jesus selected for his first sermon in Nazareth. He preached freedom for the captivity, good news for the poor, and, slight, and sight for the blind. The psalmist also echoes the idea of the removal of shame when he writes, Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Psalms 34, 5. This truth is lived out in, our, uh, in the characters of the Bible. Those who look to the Lord found the way to recover from their sinful choices, while those who did not shipwreck their lives is one major difference between Peter and Judas. They both denied the Lord. They had followed him for three years, but Peter recovered to be a great apostle while Judas took the self-destructive route of suicide. Saul and David both made great errors in their roles as king, but David repented and was restored while Saul turned to all manner of self-suing devices and left him full of shame. He eventually destroyed himself as well. As you prepare to eat and drink the Lord's Supper today, which mindset for, set more accurately describes the focus of your trust? We all have our shameful past, some worse than others, but we all battle the same struggle with the effects of sin. Will you continue to turn on yourself and find ways to judge yourself harshly? Or will you recognize what we serve as Savior who is aptly described in Isaiah 42.3, a bruised reed he will not break, and a smoldering wick he will not snuff out. Regardless of your faith today, the Lord offers you an opportunity to be relieved of the burden of your own condemnation. If he exceeds grace to us, why would we want to continue to punish ourselves? His body and his blood are offered for you today so you can be assured that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus in Romans 8, 1. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for this beautiful day you've given us. We're so thankful that this season we can remember our Lord and Savior because it's it's him that this is what it's all about. Yes. Dear Lord, for everything that he has done for each and every one of us. And dear Lord, now as we take of these emblems of loaf, it represents his broken body. And the cup represents his blood that he shed there upon Calvary's cross. Let's always remember in the suffering and the pain that he went for us. For this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.
Let's take a few moments just to silently thank God for everything He's done for us. When Jesus and his disciples were gathered in the upper room to celebrate the Passover meal, Jesus took bread and blessed it, broke it, passed it among them, saying, This is my body broken for you. Eat ye of it. And likewise the cup. When they had eaten, Jesus took it and, giving thanks, passed it among his disciples. So this is the blood of the new covenant, broke us. My blood of the new covenant shed for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me till I come again. Drink of it, all of you. Let's stand for the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him, Number 492, we continue to praise our Lord, leaning on the everlasting arms. seated. I had not originally planned to uh, do this this morning, but I had a special request. 
uh, Wilma and I struck a bargain. I would sing, and she would not hit me. <laughs> Love you, darling. I wonder as I wander out under the sky How Jesus the Savior did come for to die For poor ornery creatures like you and like I I wonder as I wander out under the sky when Mary birthed Jesus, t'was in a cow's stall With wise men and farmers and shepherds and all When high from God's heaven a star's light did fall And the promise of the ages it then did recall If Jesus had wanted for any wee thing A star in the sky or a bird on the wing Or all of God's angels in heaven for to sing He surely could have had it For he was the I wonder as I wander out under the sky Why Jesus the Savior did come for to die For poor ordinary creatures like you and like I I wonder as I wander out under the sky. Bravo. Very good, brother. Thank you, Hussey. Beautiful song. And, uh, wow, the trio we had this morning, beautiful. Made Christmas more special for me. Thank you, guys. How are you, church? Blessed. Too blessed to be stressed? <clears throat> yeah, they, they sing this old song, you know, about Christmas being the most wonderful time of the year. Well, I think... That now with all the commercialism, they have to change it to the most stressful time of the year. <laughs> oh, well, I trust that everyone had a, a joyous Christmas with your family and good time. I know I did. I just got to relax and eat a lot of ham. <laughs> I enjoyed that very much. And all of the uh, cards, the candies, the gifts, thank you all very much. I, I appreciated that, too. I'm not sure my doctor did all the goodies, but I do. <laughs> well, we finished up the book of Matthew, and uh, as we're continuing our study through the New Testament here, we're beginning now in the book of Mark. Now, uh, I don't know how many of you have looked at the schedule for this coming year, but I'm going to do things a little different um, this year, I'm going to take one week a month and just preach something different than just following through the New Testament. So it'll have uh, a little more variety that way, I think. And uh, so hopefully that will help kind of break the monotony some. But hopefully there's really no monotony because it's all God's Word. And we need it. So here 
in the beginning of book uh, of Mark, the first chapter, the first eight verses, the beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locust and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Wow. There's a lot in this. Now, you notice here Mark, He's, he begins at a different point. He starts off talking about the one who is to come before Christ. He didn't even talk about the birth of John the Baptist, per se, and the miraculous events that took place. He just starts right off, and, and he says that John the Baptist appeared. <laughs> like he came from nowhere. But... We have that information in the other Gospels, so it's not a mystery to us. Now, if this was the only Gospel we had, we might have a little difficulty here trying to figure out what was going on. But he even gives us the background from Malachi and from Isaiah about the one who was to come to be a forerunner for Christ. You know, it was not uncommon in those days... If a king was coming, or some dignitary, someone important, and by the way, this still happens, <laughs> they make preparations. They know ahead of time. They send a forerunner. Someone comes to tell everybody, hey, this so-and-so is coming, and we need to get everything in order. We need to get everything ready because they're coming. They're, we need to let them see how much we appreciate them. We need to get everything in order and show them that we are doing things that honor them. And that's what they're talking about here when, when they say, make straight the paths for him. Get everything in order. Get everything right. Because the king is coming. You ever heard that song, the king is coming? <laughs> Have you ever sang that here? Several times. I thought so. Yeah, very good song. But here, it's just a fact that is being spoken that we need to prepare because the king is coming. You know, at Christmas time, this is one of the things that we really do is we prepare as if he's coming because he is coming back. He's coming again. Every Christmas we're reminded that he came, but also that he is coming again. And it's another opportunity for us to prepare the way for his coming. We're reminded that he came and that he's coming again. And so we have another opportunity to get things right, to set things straight in our lives, to get everything together because, hey, he may come again. Today could be right now. If all of a sudden you look around and everybody else disappears, <laughs> you're in trouble. <laughs> There's a way to prevent that. <laughs> you know, he went, John the Baptist says he went into the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. You know, 
I've listened to a lot of messages of other preachers uh, in different ways, podcasts, uh, on the radio, what have you. And there's a lot of pastors, it seems like today, that barely ever mention this, the repentance for sins. They talk about coming to Christ. They talk about going to heaven. But rarely do they mention that we need to repent, that we need to confess and repent our sins. That was John the Baptist's very first message, is to repent. And he was baptizing people as a cleansing, a forgiveness of their sins. And this was part of the preparation for the one that was to come. It wasn't complete because he goes on to say, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming. One that is so much more powerful than I. One who is so mighty. One who is so awesome. One who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. One who is the creator of all that exists. One who loves you so much that he became a human and he is coming to see you. Out of love. He's coming. We need to prepare for his coming. And he is so mighty and so awesome that I don't even deserve to be the lowest slave in the house and to wash his feet, to untie his sandals. I'm not worthy to even touch him. He is so much more than we are. I wonder. I wonder, is that how we see Jesus? Do we just see him as a great Santa Claus in the sky who we can reach out to and ask for this or that and if we're good, we get it? Is that the way we treat Jesus? Do we recognize that he is God, the creator? Do we recognize that he can speak and things happen? If he wanted to, he could speak us out of existence because he spoke mankind into existence. Now, I'm not saying he would ever do that, but I'm saying it's possible. He could. Do we really think, do we really stop to think when we're praying to God, when we're talking to God, when we're worshiping God, do we really stop to think of who he is? God Almighty creator of all that exists. You know, in science, in the world of science, they keep finding that the universe is bigger and bigger and bigger than they ever thought possible. And do you know where all that came from? Right out of the mouth of God. He said, one sentence, let there be light. Boom. And it's still growing (laughs) until he says, stop, It keeps going. That's the God we serve, folks. Nothing, nothing, nothing is impossible for him. Nothing. It's hard for us to grasp that because so much is impossible for us. (laughs) It's hard for us to even eke out a living (laughs) in, in, in this world with the economic situation we currently have especially it it is so difficult and yet God promised that when we walk with him we will never do without our needs never no matter how hard the rest of the world has it his children will be taken care of now does he say how he's going to do that no does he say expects us to just sit back and do nothing and wait for him to do it all no But what we do know is that prophets of old even had birds bringing them food every day. I mean, God has a way, right? God has a way. He can provide for us as long as we are obedient children, as long as we are faithful and we walk with him. He will never let us down, never 
because of who he is, not because of who we are, not because of anything we can or have done or will do, but because of who he is. He is the God who speaks and it happens. And he spoke these words that my children will never beg for bread. The God who created everything spoke those words. Folks, that's a promise to you and to me. Jesus said that we, our needs, will be met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Why? Because he promised, because he is God, because he is love, because he is mercy, because he is grace. All of those things and much, much more describe the Lord God that we serve. He is so much more than we can ever imagine He even said that what we are promised in heaven is so much more than we can imagine, so much more than we can stop and consider. You know, you think about heaven sometimes and you think, wow, what's going to make it so great? Okay, it says there's streets of gold. That's weird. (laughs) Uh, I don't know about you, but I never thought about having streets of gold as being really a thing. I never really thought about that as a big deal. And obviously, neither does God. (laughs) The thing is, though, gold represents deity. So that means that all of the streets of heaven lead to God. Amen. 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 No matter where you go in heaven, God's there. He's right there. He's right there. You know, heaven is spoken of in, in, in mysterious ways, but yet... In ways that are sound so joyous, so happy, so no, no more death, no more pain. Praise God. <laughs> uh, even with the shots in my knee, I still have plenty of pain. But there will be no, no more challenges to life. The way that we are tempted by the devil. That won't happen no more. If chocolate's there, you can eat all you want. <laughs> And it's not a sin. (laughs) You won't get sick even. And you know, I can remember as a kid, sometimes playing in the bathtub and and, and pretending like I'm I'm a scuba diver, you know, and getting down under the water and holding my breath as long as I can. In heaven, you can breathe underwater. You can stay down there as long as you want. You can live underwater if you want to become a fish. Uh... (laughs) You won't actually become a fish, but you could be like one. Because there's no death. Think about it. There's no death. So you won't drown if you, if, if you swallow water, if you breathe water. Rather, you won't drown. So many things that we never really stop to consider about what this person is, who this person is, that we worship, that we call Our Lord. What does the word Lord represent? Leader, Leader, master, power. Yeah. The main thing that Lord means is master. He's our master. That makes us his slave, his servant. You know... There have been recorded throughout history that there were certain kings and queens and, and certain dignitaries that people literally lined up and fought over who could be their servant. It was considered such an honor. And these people, because of who they were, people wanted to be their servant. People wanted to serve them. Now, folks, that is just one human being to another human being. So imagine, just imagine what a great, great blessing it is to be a servant of God who created everything. Not just his servant, but he even adopts us 
and calls us his child. Wow. What a blessing. I'm not worthy to stoop down and touch his sandals. Not worthy to stoop down and wash his feet. And yet, the Bible says one day, we will see him face to face. One day, we will sit down at the big table with him as a family. We will sit down. I mean, you know, I can remember growing up when the family used to actually sit at a table together and eat. (laughs) And uh, there were very few times you were excused from that. (laughs) I mean, if you were sick, that's okay. (laughs) Go over there in your room and stay there. Lock the door. Uh, But otherwise, (laughs) you know, you sit at this table with the family and you eat as a family. The reason why that custom is so important is because in heaven, we're all going to sit at one big table. It's going to be the marriage supper. We are the bride. And Jesus is the groom. And we get to sit and celebrate and enjoy all the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but I'm ready. (laughs) If you have a need this morning, just mind the Lord. Brother Bob. Our invitation hymn this morning is number 369, Jesus, I Come. Stand and sing. Yeah. 
You may be seated. Anything more for us, Brother Mitch? Happy New Year, right, next week. Uh, announcements. It's February, during the morning worship service, at time we'll, uh, we'll be electing our officers for the, uh, for the present year, or the coming year. And the monthly business meeting will be January the 3rd at 6 o'clock in the fellowship hall. At which time we can probably decide on what we're going to do about the March meeting. Yeah. Anything else we need to know, Brother Mitch? Uh, nothing that I'm aware of. Okay. Mary? Uh, not tonight, but next Sunday night we'll start Sunday night Bible study. Okay, and that'll be at 5 o'clock. Nobody. Yes. Anniversaries? The one in the back, Freddie. Can we assume? Can we assume Kayleen's included in this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Any other anniversaries? Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary to you. Happy anniversary. God bless you. Happy anniversary to. You.